Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My talkers, it's Thursday. We're one day away from this wonderful weekend. It might be a cold one. It might be a you know a little bit snowy out, but that's okay. No worries. We're gonna bring you into the weekend real hot here. We've got a couple days of some fun here with Lori and Julia. How did you guys survive the governor's ball and all the post parties oh. after the big award yesterday? <laughs> I'm a little tired myself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All the interviews and the afterviews and everything else. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was kind of a fun day yesterday. I wonder what page six would have to say about the Star Tribune referring to my talk as the Lori and Julia station. If they, if page <laughs> six would have made a, yeah, made up some insider, you know what I mean? Yeah. Saying about that, I was just like, oh, look at that. And I thought, well, we have been here wow. since day one. 19 years. Katie Kane uh, came two months after she us. She did. Oh. She's been here since August of 2002. All right, so okay. happy it's blustery out. Oh. I feel the weather changes happened, gang. I but think how bizarre is it that so many trees still oh, have so golden leaves. pretty leaves? I think it's just because of the drought and something it must is. have changed yes, in those damn dr- box elder bugs. They're finally yeah. dead. Alive. Oh, they Gone are. Up. Well, so is my palm fronds and begonias. They're still <laughs> living right next to my evergreen and pine cones and red berries. Isn't that funny? So weird. Okay, so I've been um, spending a lot of time lately with Will Smith and his new memoir, Will. Will, I, yes. We, you downloaded it the I, other day. You I were did. inspired. I was inspired and it's just called Will and he narrates it and he has a very um, I will say I'm it's going to be really interesting and good, but because of how he speaks mm-hmm. so loud, even though I turn the volume down, I kind of feel you like speed him up. No, no? I, I do time and I do time in 1.25. Okay. It's kind of what I do it at. And mm-hmm. um, you don't ever listen to anybody in the chipmunk version. No, because it's too hard to keep, you know, it's too hard, but I, you know, he has a very, He's a very interesting man, and he grew up in Philadelphia. And, okay, and the, the okay, book, okay. No, I'm going to tell you this I'm part about Hollywood it. speak no, that No, I'm going to tell you the interesting okay. part of it. He's super smart. He's from a very well-educated family. His mom was very well-educated, and mm-hmm. his dad it was very disciplined. Okay. And it starts out talking about... The so dis- does he start at childhood kind of yeah, a thing? Yeah, yeah, just right. talking about why I am who I am. My dad was this, my mom was this. Mm-hmm. But it starts out with a really sad story of abuse. His dad was an alcoholic. He had more discipline than anybody and taught him all these values of hard work, hard work, until he f- would fall off, you know, kind of thing. He drank. The dad, the dad was a drinker. And it talks about his, you know, weakness with alcohol. And, um, and the mom... You know, she was the strong. This is chapter one. Yeah, this is yeah. It wow. starts out. Yeah, I'm in. I'm on right now. I 
I'm probably in chapter four, mm-hmm. but it's very his beginnings and he, how he articulates it is is very cool. Like he is both of his parents were married before they met each other and then they married each other. And his dad, you know, started this refrigeration and ice business in Philadelphia. And the mom was an educator and all this other stuff. And really a cool family unit, except for the drinking, obviously, and the abuse. And he talks about how he turned to humor and tried to always make peace. Mm -hmm. And he was the oldest brother, but he couldn't protect. The little ones weren't being, you know, beaten or anything by the dad. It was always the mom. But how... His weakness, he had to turn into a strength and how he always, always, always wore cowboy boots as a kid. And he just had all these funny little ideas of how he'd be cool. Yeah. Be, but he, and he, So you're liking it. I like it, but I, it's not like I want to stay with him for extended periods of time and do because you, he barks loudly at okay. me. Okay, and he does have a distinct way of talking. Yeah. You, you recognize his voice. Oh, right away. And it's he, the cadence or something. It is, and he's so... He really talks about how his childhood made him who the actor he is today and to never take no and to be able to. um, No one escapes their childhood, Julia. It comes with us and shapes everybody. How his being able to think and feel from so Mm -hmm. many different angles has Mm -hmm. helped him obviously so much in his career, which I think this we hear about from everybody. Yeah. In in. You know, in entertainment. Yes. That world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's. Not not everybody shares that. He, story, he is would going share that, that quote unquote, as my grandma would call it, dirty laundry. Oh, he starts that out other with people the don't need to know about. Right, and he goes there mm-hmm. and he calls his dad what we called ours, daddy-o. my daddyo. Mm-hmm. My daddyo was a great guy, and then oh. he just talks about. So it's it's a. I think it would be a. Um, I don't know. I think I'd rather read, read this, this yeah. than have him read it to me. Like where it's like green lights with. Um, Matthew McConaughey, I loved him reading that to me. Yeah. Because his voice had a different cadence that wasn't so harsh. Well, he's got a very whiskey kind of tinge sort of drawl to his voice that's. Boy, I'm just going to say something about these books on tape or whatever we're calling it now. Audibles. Yeah. The voice matters. Yeah, it does. Because I haven't been able to finish Leanne Moriarty's Apples Fall from the Tree because you hate that. Because I can't stand the lady's voice. Yeah. It well, really matters. Yeah, it does. I this, think other people would agree. Mm-hmm. Remember, we'd have books, you'd come in, and I'm, I loved it, and I'm like, I hated it. Uh, yeah. I hated the voice. Yes, yeah, so, that's, that's so anyway, true. Anyway, I think it's good. He, he's an interesting, wow, has he accomplished so much, and he's super smart, and it's fascinating. I just don't want to well, spend 24-7 with him. Yeah, I can't wait to get this part when he uh, talks about going on... Uh, uh, his Iowa, 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 that drug, the mind trip. Oh, I'm not the, there. Okay. But he had this Time revelation about his beauty. If I'm this beautiful, I don't need number one movies to feel good. If I'm this beautiful, I don't need to hit records. And I thought, okay, so he's tripping just like everybody else. The first time they get high on something. Oh, you're having all the, oh my, you know, he's so stars just like us, you know. That's funny. And then he also, and another thing that I uh, read is that um, in the period of times when he and Jada separated in 2011, he met with a counselor who specialized in tantric sexuality and he had the revelation that what would make him happy <laughs> was a harem. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. okay, you and every other man. <laughs> okay. Now that is flat out funny. 
<laughs> That's funny. So th- those are your upcoming revelations. Those that are some gonna things you're going to get to. Okay. All right. Well, listen, um, uh, we got to go. It's time for a story we can't get enough of. Happy Thursday, people. It is Thursday. Veterans it's Veterans Day, Day yes. November 11th. We're going to talk about that during randoms. 2021. And yeah, when we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Oh, Adele, the excitement is building. Gail King on CBS Morning News can hardly contain her excitement. They are really? doing so many promos for this CBS special, which is this Sunday night, two is hours. Is it this? Oh, November fourteenth. We got to program our things. Yeah, our DVRs. DVRs. Are. Don't forget to see. <laughs> I'll be watching this. This looks oh, pretty yeah, good. And we'll be talking about it on Monday. But I mean, Adele is very exhausted from promoting the hell out of her new album, Thirty. She was forced to do her Rolling Stone cover shoot lying in a comfortable bed and her eyes are barely open. Hysterical. Okay, we posted this cover for you. I mean... But that's kind of that... You know you've made it when you don't even have to get out of bed. Get out of bed. You're just laying down. In the Rolling Stone magazine. I think that's fantastic. I mean, maybe it's the wine. Uh, who knows? She doesn't drink. She doesn't drink. Well, she's got a wine song that everyone is dying oh. to hear. But she here for the wine. She told me she she told me. Yeah. She told me she doesn't drink. Oh, doesn't, you guys are uh, talking first first person. We are. Oh, you nice. know, yeah. she calls me. Good enough. It's so, not good for your voice. But anyway, she one thing is for sure, we're not going to hear her complaining about how tired she is from hitting the stage in Las Vegas every night cuz in this Rolling Stone interview, she claims there isn't a Las Vegas residency in her future because there's no place that 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 she can have it. What do you mean? She said um, she hasn't signed up for anything because there's nothing, there's bleeping nothing available. And I'm like, ma'am, you're Adele. Don't you think Las Vegas would happily kick like, hello, Shania Twain. We've booked you for 32 weeks, but we're going to have to cut that down to 20. Or whomever, because she had talked about like That surprises me. uh, Doesn't it? She must not really want it because I am sorry. They would say (laughs) to people... Pack your things. Yeah, move out of the way. So for now, uh, the Rabbit Adele fans can, we're going to, our weepy divorce album, we're going to get our first peek at it on Sunday night, and we're going to get some songs from the new album, some old ones when she performs at Griffith Observatory, and I hope Oprah asks her if she's being silenced by Las Vegas. Why isn't she (laughs) performing? Because it would be so great. Her son is nine. I just can't believe. I, well, but she said it. There's no place available for me. And I'm like, girl. And the other part of his Lori, mm. she doesn't need the money. Well, no, I get that. I get that. But she also doesn't like to tour. And her label would love for her to uh, do something. And Vegas seems like a per. She could go and play Vegas. She could do 12 nights. She could do three weeks. You know, it could be all split up. But the other thing from reading the interview, is it, okay, 30 was written and recorded after Adele split from her husband of less than a year, but they'd been together, I don't know, like seven years? Yes. And um, it it has, even just looking at the, the, you know, album titles or the song titles, it has post it has divorce adjacent themes to almost <laughs> what all are of the they? songs. I can't stop drinking or eating. Yeah. And she, and Adele People tells, don't like me anymore because I whine. <laughs> Adele says that it was extremely sad. That's what she told, uh, you know, Rolling Stone. And she said it made me really sad. And then having so many people that I don't know 
that I didn't make that work. It devastated me. I was embarrassed. No one made me feel embarrassed, but you just feel like you didn't do a good job. So she's really being 100% true. Coming about that. And she needs to go easy on herself about that. And um, I think that's natural. Though, yeah. Mary. Yeah. I, yeah. More yeah. So I think when you have a kid. Yeah, but I always yeah. want people to go easier on themselves. But, of course, she's Adele, and she's telling us this. Now, here's something for you to know mm. about this. Six, Grant, listen up. Six of the 30 tracks. On 30? This, that's the name of the album. 30. Okay. okay. Remember? 19, 20. Okay, remember how I, Adele? Okay. I know. So, six of the new album tracks <laughs> are six. Five or six minutes long. Wow. Easy, okay. Easy on me has like a two minute kind of intro to the video. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I wonder if they put that in the actual song. Uh, I don't five know. Five of the songs clock in at over six minutes. One is five minutes. And it's not like Adele is, you know, showing off guitar solos or piano solos or whatever. I just. That's a long time to listen to a song. It it really is. And let's all right. So what it do really you, Lauren? Because for you even to to say that, well, you know, I love I one of the three minutes I, and twenty four. One seconds. of the things I always love about my hard, fast guitar songs, you know, punk, new wave, rock, you know, rock. I I love a three minute song, yeah. a two and a half minute song. I that's what I like. Bam, bam, bam. You know, just get into it. I don't like a song to go on and on. So anyway. Just know that we are in for some melodramatic songs that, you know, are going to be long. So when you listen, keep that in mind that we have some bloat in the form of these songs from Adele. She really had a lot to say. Mm -hmm. I hope Kelly Clarkson in her post-divorce album is (laughs) is cutting out the bloat. But Lori, the thing about the thing about like you said, because I like like Damien Rice. You know, he's, uh, you know, I love his lyrics, but I also love how the orchestra comes in and how you hear the strings and you hear the drums and you hear the guitar. And maybe we're going to hear that. Maybe there's going to be more instruments. The person that's not on this album, Mm -hmm. a producer and writer that she did not work with at all, is this guy named Paul Epworth. And he wrote and produced Rolling in the Deep. He did Skyfall. He did I'll Be Waiting. He Won't Go. I miss so you. So she, didn't didn't work with, she didn't work with him at all. And um, the only guy that she worked with that she's worked with before was the guy who, I mean, he he did the hold on the Amazon commercial. He wrote that song. So anyway, it's just kind of a shock because this Paul Epsworth guy is the guy who's credited with giving Adele a blues rocker feeling, you mm-hmm. know, rolling in the deep. I mean, that's such a great song. Maybe they couldn't collect. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Because he was in the UK during COVID or something. Yeah. And I mean, big, weepy piano ballads, or we, a diva has to have them. I'm, I'm all ready for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm so ready for tradition. it. tradition. Tradition. I mean, Barbara Streisand never went back to Stony End, no matter how much we loved that. She did not go back to that. Mm-mm. She's a ballad girl. She is. She's a ballad woman. Yeah. Um, well, I think it'll be interesting. And all right, now I want to go back to the comment you made earlier. I mean, there are 30 tracks. The album is 30. No, there so, are. I don't know that there are 30 tracks on the song, but that's the name of the album is 30. It's, I know, but you said six of the 30 tracks. Six of the tracks on 30. Oh, okay. Because I'm like... You just had ear dyslexia, I, probably. Well, because I'm like, how can an album have 30 songs on it? That's a lot. Well, a double album. <laughs> a double disc, yeah. A double yeah. album. Yeah, a double album. Is this yeah. going to be double? No, no, Julia. The album is just called 30. Like, all of her albums are numbered, even though she's 31. I want you to not be... Pretending like you don't know that. I took notes on that fact. Yeah. I took notes. Anyway, look at Adele laying in bed with her eyes barely open (laughs) on the cover of Rolling Stone and the interview. It's pretty good. And Sunday night. Sunday night. On CBS. On CBS, yeah. Do you think Gail will be part of the threesome, like the interviewing? Or is it just going to be straight over? No, but they'll have like things that were left out. CBS morning news will be the thing to watch on Monday because they're going to have all the extra that didn't make it or those kind of little tidbits. and. And then, you know, over, uh, speaking of a diva, Mariah Carey, she's partnered up with McDonald's. I, I, okay. <laughs> I love this. She, she doesn't make enough money with her Christmas song. I, uh, yeah, she's made a deal. They're mm-hmm. offering a Mariah Carey Happy Meal tied to All I Want for Christmas is You. And I would just like uh, to remind. I'm going to buy one. Yeah, I would I like to remind. you're the fast food boy. Oh, yeah. Good. Do you remember when they did this with Travis Scott, yes. too? Yes. Yeah, the Travis Scott He meal. was the first one yep. that collabed mm-hmm. with... Um, McDonald's, yeah. 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 Outside of a, a movie character or something, a stuffed animal. Yeah. I mean, Mariah wouldn't eat fast food if you paid her, but for this... <laughs> it's true. I bet she ate a french fry. Probably. Mm-hmm. Couple. Mm-hmm. They're the best. Mm -hmm. They're the best. All right, we're going to talk Hollywood. There's so many movies that have come out, that are coming out. We're going to talk with Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune when we come back. Couldn't be more delighted than to have our very favorite movie critic in town, Chris Hewitt, with the Star Tribune joining us. Hi, Chris. Wait a minute. How many movie critics are there in town? (laughs) That's right. You're the only one. That was a backward compliment. It really was. It really was. She's practicing her Moira-isms. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Nice to hear you guys. You too. All right, Chris, we got to talk movies because we are, there's so many. We're in the season. They're coming out uh, just every week. And so opening this week, let's start with the movie that uh, is getting such huge buzz for Oscar talk, uh, the Belfast, the Kenneth Branagh directed movie judy dench jamie dornan we need to know what your thoughts are on that it's good it's yeah you probably know based on his life the main character is a eight or nine year old kid called buddy who's growing up in belfast and one day essentially there's a riot at the end of his block and some protestant uh i guess you could say terrorists uh, demand that his family, which is Protestant, 
uh, pick a side between Catholics and Protestants because they're trying to kick Catholics out of the neighborhood. So the movie isn't really about the troubles. It's just that it sort of is on the periphery of this kid's beginning to be aware of uh, what the world is like. It's really more about him playing with friends and his families. His grandma is played by Judy Dench, who's amazing in the movie. Uh, and his dad, who is played by Jamie Dornan, who's extremely handsome in the movie. Um, and it's <laughs> yes, nostalgic yes. and sweet and good. Okay. All right. Well, we're excited Is it black and that. white? It is almost okay. entirely black and white. There are a couple of color moments, but yeah, it's in black and white. I think, you know, to establish the kind of nostalgic feel. Okay. And, and Katarina Baff, Belfi from our gal oh, from Katrina Belfi. Yeah. From Katrina Belfi from. Yeah. Was she good in it? She is good. She, it's kind of a little bit of a one note mom okay. type role, okay. but she is good in it. Yeah. And she's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, she is. She really she is. She just had a baby. Okay. Uh, you know, I saw um, Rebecca Ferguson. I think she was on with the ladies of The View last week talking about uh, how it took her 10 years to get this very personal movie to her uh, out called Passing. And I know that's opening this week starring uh, uh, Tessa Thompson and Ruth Naga. Yes, uh, Rebecca Hall. Rebecca Hall, excuse me. Yeah, yeah it's one of my favorite movies of the year. It's really? fantastic. I, I saw it in January when it was at the Sundance Film Festival. And in fact, I got to interview Rebecca Hall in August where we talked a little bit about uh, this movie. And it's just beautiful. It's based on a novella that I'd never heard of before from the Harlem Renaissance. And that's beautiful too, by the way. But it's about these two friends who uh, knew each other, I think maybe in college, and they meet up again in the 1920s. Uh, they're both black women, but one of them has been passing for white and, in fact, is married to a white racist played by Alexander Skarsgård, mm. who says horrible racist things right in front of his wife, who he does not know is a black woman. Um, and it's kind of about how we make these artificial divisions that divide us and none of us is really all black or all white in all of the metaphoric possibilities of that statement and why she would choose to do this. It's a really, really provocative movie. It oh, sounds, you know what it kind of reminds so us of? Cause we read um, the other white girl and it was about the two oh. sisters who grew up completely different. One grew up black and one mm -hmm. grew up white. Do you remember that book, Chris? Yep. And so kind I of, did. I did read that book. It was so um, good. Yeah, and I do think this this uh, movie and, in fact, the book that it's based on uh, deal with fairly similar themes. Although, I mean, one thing that emerges, that book that, you, that you're talking about was set essentially in the present, and this is set in the 20s, and you kind of get the idea how much has changed. Right, mm -hmm. right. And do you, so passing it seems, so you can see it in movie theaters as well as on Netflix? I think it might only... Oh, yeah, it's in several theaters, come to think of it. Yes. Um, but it started on Netflix on think, yesterday. Yeah, which it looks so good. That looks like a really great movie. Okay, talk And it's another movie that's in black and white. Right, I, I just noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rebecca Hall, did you ask her about why she did she do that deliberately? She did, and in fact, one thing that she said to me was part of the reason why it took so long to get it made was... Studios kept saying, okay, yeah, we'll give you the money, but make it in color. And she was adamant that it had to be in black and white, partly because she wanted to look like almost the, like a movie from the 1920s. Right. Sure. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Oh, I'm excited to see that. That sounds okay, so good. Okay, for the parents out there, they delayed this movie. It was supposed to come out in September. Clifford the Big Red Dog. It's a big red dud. Is it? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not good. For one thing, it doesn't really, to me, make sense to try to make a live-action movie with Clifford the Big Red Dog because he just looks weird. Mm-hmm. For one thing, it looks like they got a white puppy and then dumped a cherry Slurpee all over his head to make him this peculiar shade of red, which is not the shade of red from the books or the cartoons. Yeah, And the people are all kind of weirdly over the top and it's 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 not good okay well here here's what i'm reading though chris because i think sometimes movies are bulletproof for um foolproof for families because the critics couldn't stand this kind mm-hmm. of what you're saying but the audience really likes it so i'm skeptical about that okay fair enough <laughs> so i throw Maybe it out kids- there Maybe parents who can park their kids in front of the TV for 90 sure, minutes. Sure, and they don't have, have to, to watch it. are glad for the respite, but uh, okay. yeah, it just is not very well done. All right, okay. got it. Chris, have you seen Spencer? No, unfortunately, the distributor didn't do a screening here, and I haven't uh, managed to catch up with it yet. I'm definitely going to because yeah. I love that director, and Kristen Stewart, I think, is a terrific actor. So, yeah, I can't wait to see it, but I have not. Sorry. Her uh, One of Princess Diana's former bodyguards said Kristen Stewart is the most accurate Diana performance he's seen of all the ones. And there's been a lot of Diana's. Yeah, well, but... The images, I mean, she doesn't really look that much like her in general, but the images that I've seen are pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah, they really are. How about, okay, how about this movie? Because uh, uh, this is on Netflix. I don't even know if it was in theaters. It's the quote-unquote black cowboy movie, The Harder They Fall, with Idris Elba and Regina King. It was in theaters kind of briefly. It was. one of these... Netflix basically wants you to watch it on their service, so they kind of don't even advertise that movies are in theaters when they right. are. Okay, but it's fun. It it's, is. It's a yeah. It's kind of a spaghetti western, sort of like those Clint Eastwood ones from the late sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. It's really violent, so maybe not for you, Julia. I yeah. know, but, right? Um, My husband Although, would. Like, I made it to love a spaghetti western, though. They're great. Chris, I made it through Squid Games. Yes, yeah, she did. Oh, I've matured. I, I haven't even watched that. Oh, mm-hmm. it's good. Okay, so the harder they fall. This, yeah, so this, it's one of those those movies. It's a Western, and it's one of those movies about two rival gangs who basically spend the whole movie shooting at each other. Okay. But it's got some really clever, clever touches, and Idris Elba plays a really bad guy, and um, Jonathan Majors, who you might know from Lovecraft County, was isn't yes. it? And it's a terrific cast. All right. Okay. Now tell and us. And also, it centers the women. By the way, it does. It, it isn't even evident from the advertising, but two women are really the the, the strongest characters in the movie. Oh, cool. All right. That's like got to that. be Regi- Regina King's. Got to be one of them. Yep, and Zazie Beetz is the other one. Okay, because I mean Regina King, she was such a badass in The Watchmen. Yeah, even when she was hosting the Oscars, she kind of scared me a little. Yeah, <laughs> I'd do whatever Regina King told me to do. No kidding. Okay, we have to talk about Benedict Cumberbatch coming back as another quirky historical figure in what I just think is the weirdest name of a movie, The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. <laughs> the, the the weirdness of the name of the movie is nothing next to the weirdness of the concept of the movie. <laughs> really? So he's, like you said, he plays an actual uh, person from the late 1800s. I think it's the 1880s, but don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
who paints these weird, quirky paintings of cats. When I saw them in the movie, I realized, oh, yeah, I guess I've seen some of those. They're, you know, cats doing, like, household chores or cats cooking dinner or playing cards or whatever. And apparently, at least according to the movie, and I did a little bit of research to follow up to see if it's true, and it seems to be, apparently these paintings were so beloved in England that they went a long way toward popularizing the idea that cats were not just outside things that caught mice, but could be indoor pets. So he is credited with helping domesticate cats. All right. But so we can blame the, it on him. How's no, the movie? Kidding. Yeah, right. It seems. Really, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I really like the movie. You he, did. You know, it's a pretty showy part. He ages from young adulthood to uh, elderly and kind of decrepit. And he's kind of a sad character. He has a sort of tentative romance that that uh, ends unhappily. And his life is constrained in ways that it probably wouldn't be if he were to live today. But, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was really intriguing. And Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, I think, is almost always good. He really is. And then he's going to be in that The Power of the Dog playing this macho cowboy. He really can. He's quite an actor. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see that. That's from director Jane Campion, who's been away for a long, long time. Yeah. Chris, can you stay with us? Okay, you can. Yes. All right. Lovely. We've got a few more movies to talk to you about. And then also Oklahoma. We want to get your thoughts because that is happening right now at the uh, state or Orpheum. I can't remember. All right. We'll be right back. Orpheum. Orpheum. Hey, everybody, we're talking movies with Chris Hewitt uh, from the Star Tribune Movie Critic. And um, Chris, can we find all of your reviews like on Twitter or in, in uh, StarTribune.com? Have they all been printed? Yes, they should. They should be there. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's talk about we're very intrigued about the French uh, Dispatch, the Wes Anderson movie that has everybody in it. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I I think you may have to already be a Wes Anderson fan. He made, of course, the Royal Tenenbaums and the Grand Budapest Hotel and mm-hmm. Isle of Dogs. And I think it helps if you already kind of know his deadpan sense of humor and uh, his style of filmmaking, because this is very, very, very Wes Anderson-y. But it's it's actually three short films, and each of them purports to be a story by a writer for a New Yorker-like publication in the, let's say, 1960s. Uh, one is Jeffrey Wright, one is Tilda Swinton, and one is Frances McDormand. And as you said, the movie is just jammed with stars. Elizabeth Moss, I think, says maybe two sentences. Saoirse Ronan maybe only says one. So there are people popping up to just do almost nothing. But it's I, I liked it. I think it's fun, and I think it's fun to see all those people. Okay, that's something that I didn't know, that it was three different stories. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a connecting thread. Bill Murray plays the editor of that magazine. Okay. And he sort of introduces and weaves together those pieces. And I mean, I, I'm thinking because at Tannenbaum's, it wasn't my thing, but I love the Isle of Dogs. Mm-hmm. That was like one of my favorite movies. So, but this, oh. oh, I love that movie. I thought that was so unbelievable. So this would be something good. I feel like my mom would love this. Yeah, she would. She would love this. Longtime New Yorker yes. reader and everything. She would love this. Okay, oh, what yeah. is what is this book, Mass? I'm drawing or, a blank. Or movie. Movie, I mean, sorry. <laughs> movie. What is this thing called, yeah. Mass? It's <laughs> you do it on Sunday. Uh, it's, <laughs> uh, it's terrific. It's a drama 
uh, at the beginning, you kind of don't know exactly what's happening. Two couples meet in a church uh, conference room sort of space, and it develops that one of the couples had a child who was murdered uh, in a school shooting, and the other couple is the parents of the guy who did the shooting. Oh, my gosh. Um, and yeah, Martha Plimpton plays the mother of the child who's dead and Anne Dowd. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. From The Handmaid's Tale plays the mother of the teenager who was the shooter. And, I mean, it's a wrenching movie because... The idea is that they're gathering after a couple of years to see if they can kind of get past this tragedy that has, in a way, halted both couples' lives. Mm-hmm. But the conversation is really frank and really painful. And I, I, I wasn't so sure. It sounds kind of like it's a take your medicine, it's good for you movie before you watch it. But I ended up being really moved. And in particular, Martha Plimpton and Ann Dowd are just great in it. She's such Martha Plimpton. I think she's we a phenomenal see, actress. And you can watch this. This is on. Let's see, where are we watching that? Like on Hulu or on Amazon Prime? I think it's on demand. Okay. It might be on more services now, but that's where it was at one point. It sounds, that sounds difficult. Well, it was like uh, that book by Dave Cullen, Columbine. Yes. Okay. You know, that was an incredible book, even though what it was about, it, you're like, how can that be a great story? Right. And do I even want to know anymore? Yeah, exactly. Would I rather not even investigate this mm-hmm. part of humanity? But you really do come away from this feeling like you have understood more about the situation both of these people in are mm-hmm. in. And I think one of those or maybe both of those women is going to end up with an Oscar nomination. Really? Just fantastic. OK. Oh, all right. Um, Chris, what were your thoughts on the latest Marvel movie, the Chloe Zhao directed Eternals? The fans love it. Sometimes it feels eternal. Um, <laughs> it's about two hours and I think 40 minutes. Whoa. And, you know, like all Marvel movies, it does not need to be as long as it is. Right. Cut the battle scenes in half, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to admit, I, I think my expectations were in a little bit of a, uh, the wrong place because I was really hoping that Chloe Zhao was going to be able to make an impact on it the way she did with, you know, Nomadland, which mm-hmm. is my favorite movie of last year. And the truth is she's working within that usual Marvel framework. And I don't know that a director can make a huge impact. Oh, in that. okay. So it certainly doesn't feel like a Chloe Zhao movie. It feels like a, a Marvel movie, but there is some interesting stuff in it. It's by far the most inclusive Marvel movie we've seen yet. And, I think she does manage to focus on kind of the human behaviors of these superheroes in a way that a lot of Marvel movies haven't. So I think it's worth seeing if you like Marvel movies. All right. All right. All right. Tell us about Oklahoma. Did that just open last night, the play? Yes. Uh, It started performances on Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. And technically, they're saying Thursday is the opening mm-hmm. night. That's because this is actually the first city this tour is played in. So they're really kind of just getting their sea legs under them. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, 
I had seen this production when it was on Broadway, so I knew what to expect. But I think a lot of people are going not knowing what to expect. It is, although it's the exact same show as Oklahoma has always been, it's a really radical take on it that is meant to be disturbing and unsettling and uncomfortable. And it does not have big dance numbers. The music isn't always beautiful. Uh, it's basically kind of about a frontier town where women have very little agency, where the land has been stolen from indigenous people, where vigilante justice reigns supreme. It's like, it feels like these themes were always there and this production has finally kind of brought them out in a way that they usually haven't been. Mm -hmm. But people who are going because they want to hear a pretty woman sing many a new day i think are going to be a little bit disappointed okay really not that show yeah so it's a radical reimagining i remember you i remember when you came back from new york and you saw this and you loved it and it won all the tonys yeah it won the best revival tony because i mean it really did blow me away and it's not at all like any other oklahoma you've ever seen so it's very surprising and original, but I think a lot of people see Oklahoma in the season and say, hey, I've been wanting to see that show right. again, and they buy tickets without investigating and finding out that it's going to be really, really dark. So I think it's just smart for people to go in informed, at least. Yeah, right. Okay. I, th- I think you're right about that. Can you talk to us? You know, there's been, oh, we're what? all we're almost out of time. I mean, we have like oh. one minute, so I don't know. I was just going to ask Chris what the last great book he read was. Oh, Chris. Because you're always a, on top of good current books. This actually is a couple of years old, but I just read this book called The Dark Dark by a woman named Samantha Hunt. It's a book of short stories, and they're really, they they sort of have domestic settings that feel like, you know, average everyday life, but then almost all of them get really weird. I liked it a lot. I was very surprised by it. Okay, okay. the dark, dark. The dark, dark. All right. I just want to say, you know, because we've been hearing rumblings about the House of Gucci, the movie that's coming oh. out. Do you, are you excited to see it? I am. I see it next week, in fact. I can't wait. Yeah, I think we're going to go see it. Next we're going to see it the same time, Chris. Save us some Twizzlers. Oh, see you there. Yeah, see okay. you there. He might go to the morning one. Oh, that oh that's good. true. Yeah. That's true. And if you want to follow Chris, and we recommend it on Twitter, it's Hewitt Strib, and that's Hewitt with H-E-W-I-T-T, Strib. Yes. And um, did you like Mayor Pete, the documentary about P- Buddha Judge? I did. I think anybody who watches it probably already knows most of the stuff Mm -hmm. you see, but it's fun to see him doing laundry and cleaning up after dinner and kind of going about his day. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to wait till that comes on on demand, I think, (laughs) just based on that. It already is on demand, Lori. Oh, it is? Okay. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Chris, it's so great to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. We'll see you at the movies. That sounds great. All right. Yeah. Oh, we come back. We have a life to remember, Julia. We do. The Young and the Restless uh, family is very sad today.